everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 575. Today we're going to take a look at Flow of History. Now this is a design from Moy Ideas Game Design. Uh, you can get it I think now on the BGG store, but Tasty Minstrel Games is going to be bringing out some kind of new edition of it uh, later this year. I believe they're going to deluxify it a little bit as well. Uh, so what this game is, is sort of a medium to light uh, civilization game. I wouldn't say it's certainly light, uh, but it's not super, super heavy either. So it fits right in that medium uh, time frame. So players are going to be sort of drafting, but also kind of like bidding on a row of cards. You're going to traverse through the different ages of history, kind of through antiquity, all the way up into the future in the internet. You'll be getting leaders and wonders, uh, different government and political cards, uh, production cards and stuff like that. Uh, as you go through, there is some ways to sort of attack other players uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it has all those kind of trappings of a civilization game. And it kind of reminds me of Through the Ages a little bit, but I mean, the game mechanics are totally different, but it has that kind of vibe. So if you wanted kind of a uh, sort of a more lighter, more digestible Through the Ages, uh, let's take a look at this one and see how it works, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Okay, here you can see all the components that you get in the game. First thing to note is this row of cards here. You can see these all have an A on their back. Uh, depending on the number of players, you're going to deal out a certain number of these cards. Sometimes you might deal out one from age one to, in the starting row here. But you're always going to have these sort of starter cards out. These are going to be different technologies and things, and so these are pretty basic here. You've got kind of like a basic warrior uh, type of idea here. You can see the, it's a red card. It's got kind of an attack icon there. It's going to give you some information. You've got a production card here. You can see this is a working animal. I'll explain kind of the interactions of these cards. Uh, here's a production card or construction card. And these are all orange. You also have here a wonder. You can see these are sideways like that. And then you finally have a leader. Now you can only ever have one leader. So if you take a new leader, you've got to discard or sort of kill off your old leader. Now each player is going to start with one of these S cards. These are starting cards. So you're going to randomly deal these out and each player will have one. So all of these are really going to give you here are these icons at the bottom. Uh, and these are your governmental types of buildings, these blue ones. And so as you play cards out of a similar color, let's say I had uh, seafaring traders here and then I got another blue card, it would go on top covering up whatever special ability might be there, but I'm still going to have access to uh, these icons here, which I'll explain. So each player is going to randomly get one of these starting cards. And then the other thing to note are these bidding tokens. So over here, you'll have a sort of off-game supply. You won't have access to these uh, quite yet. Each player will start with four of their own. And then through uh, the course of the game, you're going to start to add tokens in here into an accessible supply. Now, there are some special abilities and things that will allow you to pull out of the reserve here, but Typically what you're going to be doing is bidding and spending tokens to put in the supply and then taking actions or having actions triggered to allow you to get it out of the supply. So it's a somewhat fixed economy of bidding tokens, but there will be injections of new tokens to be bidding with. So you can see I've got the red player here. This is their starting card, Aristocracy. It gives them one of these knowledge icons. And then you have, uh, each player has this cheat sheet here. This is going to give you the different actions that you can do. And then on the back side here, you've got the end of game scoring and a little bit of description of what the different icons mean. So there's four different actions that you can possibly do, or five different actions actually. So first thing you can do is invest. And this is one of the ways that you can try to acquire uh, new cards. 
So let's say Red really wanted these wires here, they'll put their pawn on there, and then they're going to put at least one, if not more, of these tokens here. So let's just put two on that. So they are, in effect, bidding on that, and that's their turn. They're going to put their pawn out, and then they're going to put a certain number of tokens. Now, as other players take their turns going around the table, and if it gets back to me, and this is still here, because you can actually get sniped, but if it's still here, then I'm going to take, I'm going to pay uh, these tokens into the bank there and take my pawn back, and then I'm going to add this card to my display. Now again, when you add the card to your display, you're going to put it in its stack. So if I had acquired another blue card, again, I will put that down, covering up any effect that was there, but still again having access to the icons. Now the first thing you're going to do is you're going to check this little investment bonus. All the cards have these little investment bonuses here, and you're going to check all of the available icons that you have, either on the bottom of cards or sometimes on the face of the cards, and you're going to get that much uh, money back. So in this case, I took this one, so I've got one knowledge icon. So one of those two that I spent, I'd actually get right back on the supply because I've got one icon. If I had multiple of these knowledge icons, I would get multiple uh, of these tokens back. Now, some of the cards are immediately going to activate as you take them, and this attack card is one of those. So if we take a look here, you can see when you take the card, if it's an instant effect with that arrow, or if it's an attack, or this is an attack all, so you'll attack all the players, as soon as you take the card, you're going to do that effect. And the way that attacks work, let's take a look here. This says attack, choose any two RT, that means resource tokens, from an opponent with less military strength than you. And so this is a way that you can steal. So all the military cards are gonna have some kind of attack and they're gonna do different things. They might destroy the top card of somebody's stack or something like that, or you could attack all the players. Now when you attack, you're going to count up the number of uh, attack icons. So you can see on this one, this barracks here, this has an attack icon. So you're going to total up all the icons that you have and you're going to compare them to your whoever your target is or multiple targets. Uh, you're going to attack compared to all of their attack icons plus all of their defense icons. So in this case, if I had this card out, I would just have one attack. But if I was being attacked, I would have two defense, one for the icon and then one for the defense token. And so you just find a target that is less uh, defense, then you have attack, and then you get to do whatever the effect is there. If you take it and there's no legal target, you just took the card, uh, no big deal, you don't get to do the attack, but now you've got some new uh, icons and maybe some other effects on the card. And another example would be this animal card. This is another, you can see it's an instant effect with the arrow. And it says take one resource token from the reserve to your nation for each harvest icon. In this case, you've got one harvest icon uh, already built in. By taking the card, you'll be able to activate that. And if I had multiples, then these come directly out of the reserve. So you can take these out of that big supply. Uh, and then it doesn't have to be in the, in the main supply over there. And then other effects like this one I already showed you. All this does is provide a defense icon. Now you can also take these wonders, and these you don't actually stack. You can have, you'll have a big sort of multiple piles of these wonders out. And these are all end game scoring. So this is, says gain one culture icon for each wonder card that you have. So you might take this early and try to pursue a strategy to take a lot of wonders. And these culture icons are what you're going to score at the end of the game. I'll talk about scoring in a minute, but this is really what you're going after in terms of scoring. Uh, so you can have multiples of these. And like I said, you have the leader here. You can only have the one leader. They will provide an icon of some sort, and then they give you different abilities. Now this one here is a turn action. So when it comes to your turn, if you have any cards that are on top of your stack or visible, uh, then you can take this action as your turn. So in this case, it says remove this card from the game 
to gain one non-invested wonder card from the market. There's a lot of cards that'll do that. Say, just grab the, the non-invested. That means nobody has uh, their pawn on that particular card. You can just snake it. So this is kind of a good one to maybe you take it, you get some production icon out of it, and then you've got a nice ability here to queue up if a wonder is, is ripe and you don't want to have to go through the process of investing it, you can take it that way. And there's a, there's a huge variety of cards here. Uh, they're all unique. Uh, some of these here, so like this one says permanent, provides one attack icon for each military card you have. So basically for each uh, red card you have, you, these counts as having one attack icon, and you can see it provides two defense icons uh, moving forward. It also has this little scoring symbol, which is pretty close to the scoring symbol that is on the wonder cards. Uh, basically what these mean is you don't score these. It's kind of like a reverse scoring symbol. So you will count up icons and things when you score, which I'll talk about in a minute, but you, this is basically telling you ignore that for purposes of scoring. You don't get any bonus points from the icons provided by your military cards. It's just kind of during the game. And then other cards here, these will just provide a couple of trade icons, which I'll talk about in a minute. And these, while it's face up, you know, you'll see the knowledge and the construction icon there. Uh, but as soon as you cover it, of course, that'll go away. Now, the other thing that can happen is, let's say I want to invest this card, and I put two on there, and somebody else really wants that. Now, what they can do is they can pay me two money, they pay it directly to me, and then they will immediately steal that card. My pawn will come off. These tokens will go to the supply over here, and then they will immediately take that card. So that's kind of an interesting thing. So instead of maybe wanting a card, is you'll try to uh, put a certain amount of tokens on here to then get paid out. Because it, yeah, you can see as you invest, then you're going to be down a bunch of tokens. So it's sort of like you're not just trying to go for the card, but also kind of setting a price that you want others to try to pay you. Now, the other thing that's going to happen when you get sniped, so we're going to kick these off. I'm going to get paid that same amount from the other player. And then we're going to also count the number of trade icons. You can see this icon here. And I'm going to take immediately from uh, the supply that many. So if I had three of these icons, I would take an additional three. So this is a very interesting way to kind of play the game is you kind of go out there and build up trade icons and start to collect uh, more and more money as people have to pay you for the cards to go for their strategy. Um, and you'll get more and more out of the supply. And then regardless of the number of trade icons there, you're going to take half the number of tokens that are in the supply. So if you just peek over here, we can see we got, what, six over there. So let's say I would take the one for the trade icon that I had, then I would take half rounded down. So in this case, I would take two more uh, from the supply there if I got sniped. Now the last action that you can do in your turn is just do a harvest. And the way that works is you're going to count the number of harvest icons that you're generating. You're going to take that many of supplies from the reserve now, let's say I had two, and move these over to here into the main supply. And then again, you're going to take half rounded down. So in this case, I would take two from that. So typically as you start to go broke, then you want to be in a good shape where you're able to harvest. And you might just take an opportunity to harvest if this is pretty full then you're always gonna, at least going to get half, even if you're not moving very many or even any over from the reserve into the supply. And you're always going to replenish new cards as people take new cards, new cards will come out. If uh, the card that comes out here, let's say this is age one, and let's say we pulled a, an age two card and there were still some A cards, those will go away. And then once we get into age three, if there are any age one cards, so anything that's two ages older will go away, unless somebody has uh, an investment marker on it, then it'll stay there. And then you're going to play until we get to the bottom of the deck. These are the last two cards of the deck here, uh, the internet and the future. So once the future comes into the market, 
or is uh, is gotten some cards will allow you to like, get the top card of the deck and so on. So if somebody grabs that, uh, and you you do want to kind of try to wait for that because there's a lot of points here. You can see these culture icons. Um, but once these come and happen, then that's the end of the game, and you're going to play through the whole deck, and then you're going to count icons. So you're going to get uh, one point for each culture icon. So you're going to count all that up. And then you're also going to get uh, one point for every two other icons. They don't have to be pairs. So in this guy, I've got three icons. So I've got one point plus maybe this icon plus another one. So for every two icons, you get a point, except for the culture icons, each of those is worth a full point. And of course, you have a lot of these wonders here. Uh, like this gives you a point for every wonder and so on. Uh, so there's a lot of end game scoring uh, built into those wonders. But that's pretty much the game. You're either investing or completing the investment back in your turn, sniping somebody's investment, activating the special ability of a card, or taking a harvest action uh, to generate some resources when you're inevitably gonna go broke at some point. Okay, so that is a flow of history. Uh, and now this is, it can almost be a stodgy, dry uh, exercise with this one. Uh, it can also be very brutal. So the one thing you gotta watch out for is uh, your management of your resources. It's gonna be very, very tight. Uh, you want to try to set yourself up for situations where when an investment happens and you get sniped, and then you're able to kind of reap the benefit of that. So you want to be able to have out those trade icons so you can just soak up that much more cash and then possibly even use that as a snipe on your own to get the cards you really wanted. Because maybe you went out and you're like, ah, oh, Billy kind of wants that. I'll put just enough tokens on there so that I get paid out from him. He can afford it. And then I can get some, you know, uh, refresh out of the supply that way. Uh, so the timing aspect of all of that is uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, now the other timing thing you might do is you might do a harvest, but because you want to do it when that supply is full, and you can get a good amount of you know tokens back, and then that gives your buying power that much more. So kind of juggling all that timing aspect with okay, I want to build up some production. I need more icons because so when I do do the investments, uh, you know I'm going to be able to get some of my money back, and I want to protect myself militarily, and you know so I don't get attacked. And so there's a lot of tactics and you know having to adapt, but you also want to do spend some time um, on the engine building side of it, so that when you do do things, they're they're better. So it's not just like oh cool I got this card, but maybe I got this card plus some money plus this effect was better. Um, but you got to kind of play through the game once or twice at least I think to kind of get that and kind of know the cards and know like oh okay cool well if I do this I kind of go down the knowledge track. And kind of balance that with knowledge and some productions and industry stuff and then i can kind of when i take those investments and go back and forth i'm getting more money so i'm not always like you know right on the bleeding edge of being broke all the time uh, and you certainly can get hammered a little bit uh you know with the military that's just part of the game uh, and you've got to watch out for the end of the game because that's just going to happen uh, once you get into age five, you know, it's just, you're really close to so the, the game's going to kind of spiral very quickly at the end. So you've got to watch out for that. So the game is certainly brutal and it's certainly very economic in feel with that kind of closed economy, you know, watching who can afford what and, you know, well, how much do I bid on this? Do I really want it? Am I trying to protect it? Or am I trying to bait somebody into paying me and that kind of thing? Uh, so that's very, very interesting. Uh, so I would certainly give it uh, a, a recommend it. Uh, it's it's very fun. I don't think it's for everybody because everybody I've played it with has not enjoyed it. Um, but I enjoy it and other folks I've played it with have enjoyed it. Uh, and like I said, I think you got to give it though a couple of plays to kind of see it, just kind of the pace of it flow out. Because uh, it is brutal. It is kind of 
it's not number crunchy, but it is crunchy in a way to figure out what's right and you know what's going on and you know should I really be bidding on this? Is this going to help me? And all that kind of stuff. Um, but I certainly think that the game can play out differently. I've seen games where there's a lot of money in the economy and played a game where money was extra, extra tight and it was very difficult to sort of uh, build any kind of advantage for anybody in the game. Now I've not played it with uh, two players, it goes two to five players. I've played it, uh, let's see, I've only played it four players actually now that I think about it. Um, so I'm not sure how it will play with two players, I think it might work okay, but I kind of think it's better, you know, you want at least three I would say, so that you've got some kind of dynamics in terms of the money flow in that way. Um, but, uh, and I certainly would, I would play with five because it's not really going to take much longer, it just, you know, things are just going to be more or less diffused. So um, based on the plays I've had of it, I think the player count won't matter too much, but I think two player maybe might be kind of weird. Uh, but definitely give this one a try and give it a couple of tries because like I said, the economy's been different the times that I've played it and just, you know, how people, how frisky they are with their bidding and how much money is going to be generated once you get sniped and, you know, how much harvest people do and, and all that kind of stuff is going to change up the game a little bit. Uh, so definitely give this one a look. Thanks. Thanks.